everybody know what a bucket list is? Yes. Does anybody have a Christmas bucket list? What's a Christmas bucket list, you ask? I'll tell you, Mia, because you asked. The Bible tells us we're supposed to have a Christmas bucket list. And I'll show you how. Luke chapter 2. You guys know the story? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor in Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of God. That is a traditional story of Christmas. You say, where's the bucket list, Pastor? Oh, come on. You say, where's the bucket list, Pastor? All right, I like how you ask. It's not there yet. But stop for a minute and, and put your mind's eye in that text. What do, you, what do you see? You see Joseph, loving, caring Joseph, looking out for Mary, overwhelmed at the birth of this baby who confuses them a bit. This is Jesus, Emmanuel. It's, it's, a, it's a human baby. It's, what, what's, what's, what's the whole story, Joseph wonders. Mary, fatigued. She's just labored and given birth to a child. She holds a child. She ponders this reality in her midst, this, this baby who's far more than a baby, but her mind can't fully grasp what we can through Scripture. And then we have the baby. Little baby Jesus. So, so sweet, cuddly, fragile, helpless. Can I let you in on a little secret? Not everything is as it seems in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. This baby is not so weak. This baby is not so powerless. This baby is not so cute and cuddly. You say, Pastor, what about the bucket list? Let me show you the beauty of Luke 2 in John chapter 4. Watch this. We're going to have a very different approach today. We're going to have really one point. And I want to drill you in on this point that not everything is as it seems in the kingdom of God. You guys still with me? John chapter 4. You know the story of Jesus and the woman at the well in Samaria? Verse 5, we'll start. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. It's about noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with 
checking to see if you all in your Bibles there. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, now, hook verse here, verse 11. The woman said to him, what? Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep, pause, dead, stop, hang tight. You remember the baby in Luke 2? Cute. Cuddly, powerless, helpless, hopeless. Anyone here ever seen a baby? Babies are mostly cute. There's some ugly babies out there. It's never your own, but, but they are hopeless and helpless and powerless. If you do not care for a baby, a baby will not live. But this baby in the manger was no ordinary baby. He grew up, and he went to a well in Samaria, and he offered a woman a drink of water. And what did the woman say to Jesus when he offered her water? You have no what? You ain't got a bucket, man. Now, if you were at the well, and Jesus offered you a drink, what would you have said to him? Now, let me just smack you down a little bit. You would have said the same dang thing. You ain't got no bucket, man. How are you going to get me water without a bucket? The baby. Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us. God saves. Lost people say to this baby, how are you going to save us, man? You ain't got a bucket. You're just a baby, amen? My friends, do you ever tell God you ain't got no bucket man we're going to pause it out right here Christmas is about the fact that God don't need a bucket do you hear me my iPad broke I got this weird stuff called paper do you know that Jesus promises to those whom he has saved Abundant life. Did you know that? It's John 15. I'm sorry, John 10. He promises that as we walk with him, our joy will be complete. It's John 15. He promises to provide for all of your needs in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4. He promises to guide and protect you along the way. Psalm 23. Who's trusting in Jesus for abundant life in every possible way? Who's trusting Jesus to provide for all of their needs through his riches? Who's following the shepherd in the way they should go at all times? Do you know why you're not? Why I'm not, if I may say too? Because we don't think he has a bucket. Y'all following me here? Mm -hmm. Do you see where we're going here? You got a bucket list? You probably don't yet. But may I encourage you, this Christmas Eve, write down your bucket list. Where, Where are you telling Jesus you ain't got a bucket? 
And God wants you to check every item off the bucket list. How can a baby save sinners? It's not possible, is it? He doesn't even have a The Lord brought the Israelites to the Red Sea. They stood between the sea and the Egyptians and they cried, Lord, we're going to die. You ain't got a bucket. You remember what happened? Jericho, the walls came down without a bucket. Matthew 14, I think the Lord fed a multitude without a quote-unquote bucket, if you know what I mean. You remember that story? My friends, this Christmas sermon is going to be awful short. I said that before. <laughs> because what I want you to see today, we're going to take a couple minutes, because I don't want to blow through this and send you all out and you get on your way and do, you, do what you need to do before you need to be up tomorrow for Christmas Day. I'll pause you out here, God willing. Where? Christmas Day is saying, where are you telling God you don't have a bucket. God, you can't save me. You don't have a bucket, says every lost person who has ever lived. I'm curious in John 4. Did the woman drink? How did Jesus pull the water without a bucket? He needed no bucket because he is the fountain of life. She didn't understand that what he meant was so much better than what she thought. Amen? She wanted, she wanted a little bit of drink that would last a minute. He offered her a drink that would never allow her to thirst again. You are after a cheap substitute for joy and comfort and abundance and provision and security. And Jesus says, I got so much more. Take a minute here. I'll shut my yapper. <laughs> Do you hear that laughing up front? Mm -hmm. Pray for Kim. I want you to take a minute or two, and I want you to think about this. Ask the Lord, Lord, where am I saying by my actions? You can't. You don't even have a bucket. Take a minute. Proverbs 30, verse 5, it says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. In Isaiah 55, the Lord gives an invitation. Did you know this? He says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, eat. 
Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. God's invitation at Christmas is come and drink. God provided the water and he didn't need a bucket. Did you notice what happened with the woman in this story? She was there at noon with a bucket. And verse 28 says she left without a bucket. And do you know what she did when she got back to the town? Don't miss this, folks. She delivered water to the whole town without a bucket. Christmas is about God doesn't need a bucket. And God doesn't need you to get a bucket. God invites you to drink deeply of him who is living water, and as you drink, you can go and you can do what God calls you to. How do people come to trust Jesus? Put down your bucket and proclaim the gospel, amen? How do Christians live? We live without a bucket. We live with Jesus who is sufficient. You say, but but God, if, if I do what you tell me to. I'm going to die. You know what Jesus says? No, you'll actually live. God, if if I do what you say, I'm never going to have joy. You don't have a bucket. Who's the idiot? Us or Jesus? You don't need a bucket. Jesus didn't need a bucket. Jesus came as the fountain, as the well, as the living water, whose ways are not our ways. But his ways are always accomplished. Amen? How can one be saved? By trusting in Jesus. But there's got to be more. There's got to be a bucket. There ain't no bucket. There's Jesus. Do you want to be saved? Forgiven? by God, live with God, and have eternity with God before you, you don't need a bucket. What do you need? Do you want to glorify God? You know what? You don't need a bucket. You know what you need? Do do you want to have all the desires of your heart met? You don't need a bucket. You don't need a spouse. You don't need riches. You don't need good looks. You don't need fame. You don't need nothing because they're all buckets. You need Jesus. Now, sometimes you can have a bucket, but a bucket is just a thing. Too often, we turn our buckets into idols. And Jesus came as the only true God who came to give life to all who will trust in him. And by trust in him, I mean put down the bucket and hold on to Christ. And here's the beauty. It is not in your holding on to him that you are saved. It is in his holding on to you that you are saved, and he will never let you go. Why do I say that? Because he said that. 
He promised that. And he says, I can hold you even if you ain't got a bucket. Do you know how awesome Christmas is? Who, who's excited for tomorrow morning? Just one kid and it's mine. Oh, two kids. <laughs> Wait till you wake up in the morning. I'm I think Christmas is so confusing because part of it's supposed to be have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. And then we're like, but, but I'm all depressed. And it's kind of miserable. And you want, you want to choke people. And the stores are crowded. And, and I don't like it so much. Other people love it. But those are the buckets. You see, there are, you know what a C&E person is, a C&E Christian? Christmas and Easter Christians? You think they just show up to church on Christmas and Easter? I'm a C&E Christian. I'm a Christmas and Easter Christian. And I hope you are too. Because Christmas ain't a once a year holiday. It's an eternal reality through which God came to dwell among us so that he might save us so that we might live with him. And if you don't put Christmas and Easter right next to it, you ain't got the gospel. And if you ain't got the gospel, you're hanging on to a bucket. You don't need a bucket. Have I said that? The world looks at us and what they should see are people drinking water without a bucket. How'd you get the water? Oh, there was a baby born of a virgin. How a baby gonna be born of a virgin? You need a bucket, right? You sticking with me? You don't need a bucket. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. How are you gonna rise from the dead? You need a bucket for that. He ascended. He what? How? Without a bucket? Without a bucket, he ascended. And he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming back without a bucket. But he's coming back with a sword. Because when the baby who grew up comes back, there's no more offer of living water. There's only the offer of eternal separation that you've chosen by refusing him, telling him he needs a bucket. Listen to me. Christmas is awesome because Christmas is about grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. It's also about wrath being satisfied. It's a scandalous story of a baby who came to die so that dead men and women might live. And he did it without a bucket. You see, we go back to Luke 2 here for a minute. And we'll go back to Luke 2 tonight. We'll take verse 8 through 20, God willing. Verse 7 says, She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. What? Who was just born? Y'all just hear what I read? The eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, pastor, those are big words, simplify them, all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God, the God 
by whom and through whom and for whom all things were created, the infinite became finite. The, the eternal who transcends time broke into history. Truly God and truly man born of a woman. God as a baby? You can't do that. You need a bucket. No, no, no. For God can do all things according to his purposes and for his glory. And Christmas is about God choosing for his glory to put on flesh and dwell among us. Christmas is a strange holiday because a majority of people celebrate their own destruction. Do you, know, do you understand that? It's Jesus' birthday. He's going to kill you bad. What do you celebrate? This is holy God. You cannot enter his presence on your own. But he came into our presence to save us to himself. And that's what we celebrate. And when he accepts you and forgives you and reconciles you, can I tell you some good news of great joy that will be for all the people? You have peace with God. And as a child of God, you need no bucket. My daddy is awful rich. My daddy is awful powerful. My daddy is always with me wherever I go. And my daddy says, if you mess with me, you best duck because he's coming for you. I'm not talking about the old guy who brought me up. I'm talking about the eternal guy who saved me. What do we have to fear if God is for us? Who can be against us? What, what, what do you think? Tomorrow is present day. Amen? Did you guys see the pastor present pile? Who's laughing? <laughs> Let's just keep moving. People are looking forward to presents tomorrow, right? You know, when, you, when you're a kid, it's, the rule is the, the bigger the box, the better the gift, right? If you get one this whole, like, yeah, it's something. I got, I once got an electric, like, driving car thingy, you know, battery charge. It would last, like, 20 minutes, and then it would take three days to charge. Love that thing. You get older, packages get smaller, right? Especially like the ladies. They're like, oh, nothing. What gift are you looking most forward to opening tomorrow? What are you hoping you get? What are you thinking, if I get that, this will be the best Christmas ever. What, what, is, what is that gift you're hoping to open tomorrow? You're like, Pastor, you're going to say Jesus, aren't you? You know I am. <laughs> Paul tells us that Jesus is an inexpressible gift. He satisfies forever. He never gets put in a junk pile. He gets better day by day. He has more facets and turns and purposes and beautiful aspects than you can ever fully comprehend. And do you know who the gift is offered to? Everyone who will believe. All you got to do is unwrap the gift. Trust in Jesus. And trusting in Jesus begins by saying, 
You don't need a bucket. I need a bucket. And I don't have a bucket to save myself because in my bucket, I must have perfection. Jesus says, you must be perfect as I am perfect. But then he lives a perfect life for us that we could not. We all have the wages of sin, which is death. Do you know why Jesus died? So that you might live. And as you trust in Jesus at that point, the evidence will be little by little, you will walk through life without a bucket for his glory. We, we, we think of snow, lights, hot chocolate, family, candles. Don't get me wrong. Come back tonight. It gets real pretty. It gets dark outside. The candle's gone. We, we have live fire. They're called candles, but I like to say live fire. <laughs> we sing wonderful songs. We, we celebrate a, a wonderful day, but, but let us not be distracted by this joyful reality of a God who promises in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, he says. I have overcome the world. So imagine you're sitting by that well, noon. This guy walks up, rather ordinary looking Jewish dude. We all meet Jesus, just so you know, you're not a white Caucasian. He says, would you like, would you like a drink? What you going to say? On my own, you know what I'm going to say? What am I going to say? You ain't got a what? But by grace, through faith, entrusted to me as a gift, you know what I will say? Time and time again, little by little, but more and more, yeah, Jesus, I'm not seeing how you're going to do this. But Holy Spirit, help me trust that he will. And you know what will happen every single time? I will drink. Can you give me an example of a time in your life when God let you down? Just one or two, please. Where, where, where God made a promise and he didn't keep his end of the promise. Can, can you tell me a time when God has been wrong? You ever been wrong? You ever not kept your promise? So why are you betting so much on you? Why, why do we trust so much in us? Why, why do we think we can tell Jesus what he needs? You want to see people come to faith? Anybody? You want joy, unending and unceasing? You want abundant eternal life? Some of you are like, I want you to stop talking. <laughs> I will. But listen, I, I get, I have this privilege as a pastor of proclaiming what this book says. And this book tells us who God is and how to be in a right relationship with him and how to live forever. And I'm fine on this side of eternity if most people think I'm a hot mess and a kook. Because one day when you meet this God who is, this baby who grew up, and y'all will meet him, there are two responses that are available. A big honk and smile, enter into the rest of your master, or away from me. I never knew you. My friends, there's an old hymn I quote sometimes, a line from, 
It says, set your deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet. Rest in him and him alone. Glorious. Complete. Would you put your bucket down? If you don't know Jesus yet, would you put your good works bucket down? Would you, would you accept the fact you ain't good enough, you're never going to be enough, and you'll never meet God's standard on your own? And will you let Jesus save you without a bucket? You must be perfect, and you can't be perfect. But he who is perfect took on flesh and dwelt amongst us so that he might save imperfect people. Amen? Amen. And for those of you formerly imperfect people who are positionally perfect before God, as we live on this side of eternity, might we help one another as we celebrate Christmas to put the bucket down. God, if I could just get to Tahiti, I'll be joyful. You know what happens if you get to Tahiti? You don't find joy. You find sunburn. Shark bites. I'm kidding. You might have, you might have fun in Tahiti. But Jesus doesn't come to offer fun and temporary giggles like, like a, a drink in the desert. It will satisfy you for a moment, but you know what will happen in about an hour? You're going to need to keep drinking. Jesus came to bring joy. Well, God, if, if I could just have so-and-so accept me or forgive me or love me, then I'll be happy. God, if I could just have this job, if I could just have this thing, if I could just have financial freedom, if, shh, put the buckets down. Trust the promises of Jesus. Just then, his disciples came back. I'm in John 4, verse 27. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Now, in between, you see this wonderful story where Jesus told the woman, go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right, you've had five. You, you understand? You want me to unpack that? She's thinking, how the heck do you know this? You know, Jesus knows everything about you. Everything. You imagine if we all knew, if one of you had to get up and we watched your life on the screen, Right? Even if I just took one of your cell phones, you gave me the passcode and I read all your texts. Who wants to let us do that together? Jesus knows everything about you, but he didn't come to condemn and destroy you. He came to save you. To save you. You're not perfect. You ain't even close. But God loves you so much that while we were still sinners, Christ came and gave his life for us. And he did it without a bucket. And he did it so that you don't need a bucket. And he offers water without a bucket that satisfies forever. Do you see the baby again in Luke 2? He is far bigger than you think. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in the God of the Bible? He is far bigger than you realize. 
Christmas is about the infinite God coming to save very finite and fallen people so we might eternally live with him. I love Romans 11.33 and we'll wrap up here. Paul is talking about the salvation of the Jews. You know how, you know how God saves the Jews? Through Christmas. And he, he breaks into this, this hymn, this song of praise. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. You see, instead of saying Merry Christmas, why don't we just tell people to put the bucket down? This God who needs no bucket is the source of everlasting, everlasting life and the fountain from which it springs for eternity. My friends, may we be a people who live without buckets so that the world might look at us and say, how did you get that water without a bucket? And we might tell them of the one who is living water. Amen? Begin the story not with the fact that he was a baby, but with Genesis 1. God created God saves. God will make all things new again. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for Christmas. And we make such a mess of it. Lord, help us. Help us to see Christmas. Help us to see the incarnation for what it is. Help us to rejoice that Jesus didn't come to make a holiday, but to save sinners. And help us walk in light of that marvelous truth that we are not the best of the world that you chose, but we can relate to Paul when he refers to himself as the scum of the earth. But we are not left as scum of the earth. We are saved and cleansed and born anew and made children of the Most High God. So Father, would you please make us into a Christmas and Easter people? Would you give us a unceasing, unending love for you and love for one another? Would you give us the boldness and the courage to be able to live a life without a bucket before a lost world and to proclaim where the water comes from, the living water, apart from a bucket but through Christ? Lord, we at times are way too concerned with our reputation. We at times think we don't have the ability. We have many buckets that we hold. Lord Jesus, help us to put the buckets down and hold tightly to you, rejoicing in the fact that you are the one who holds us. Lord, may we declare to you by how we live in your power, Merry Christmas, Happy Easter, and thanks be to God. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.